Okay, so if you're not familiar with Volodymyr Zelensky, he's the president of Ukraine. Um, most Americans are not very familiar with him other than maybe a few lines they've picked up here or there. And I'm going to talk about him in two parts here on this podcast. And I did it in two parts because I, I'm going up through his election to the presidency in one episode, and then the second from his time as president through the present, uh, I'm going through that in the second part so that people can listen to whichever they want to listen to. Okay, so stay tuned. We're going to cover his biography, and you're going to learn a lot. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so I, I told you we're going to talk about Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, his name, by the way, is, uh, the, is the Ukrainian version of Vladimir, ironically. So he's the other Vladimir. Um, so and again, let me go back and t- talk about this. I just had a Kindle book put up yesterday on Amazon. You can get it. I'll put the link below. It's called I Need Ammunition, Not a Ride. And that comes from a quote of his that I will talk about in uh, a little bit later. But um, what a great quote. Uh, but I'm going to give you the backstory of you know how I got to studying him and uh, what it is that uh, that he did. Well, how, did he get, how, how did he become president? And then afterwards, how did he... How what was it like while he was president, and then what happened since the hot war began as Russia invaded? So on February 24th, as everyone knows, Russia invaded uh, the Ukraine, and and when they did invade Ukraine, um, a lot of us were surprised because we were thinking, you know, Putin's just saber rattling, a la Kim Jong Un, you know, just trying to get some you know some points without having to actually do anything. But he, they actually invaded. So I started reading about Putin. And I read some fantastic books like Putin's Playbook, uh, The Russian View of Warfare, I believe is the name of another title, some great books about it. But as I'm reading, you know, reading about Putin, it's a little dark. Um, I did my master's thesis on the Nazis uh, and man, that was taxing. I was, I was reading that and I was like, it was just overwhelming reading about atrocity after atrocity. And, and uh, it, it was dark. Um, but in a little bit, I turned a corner and said, you know, who's this Zelensky guy? I need, I need to know more about him. And so I, I was reading a couple of books about, um, Putin. And then I started reading about the Ukraine. And then there was this, this fascinating thing three days in, I think it was, uh, where the, you know, it's it, no, no. Okay. Let's, let's back up. If you look on the map at Russia, it's the world's largest country. Uh, and Ukraine is this tiny little country in the southwest corner, uh, just bordering Russia. And uh, they outnumber the, the Russians outnumber the Ukrainians about three to one in just general population. And so, you know, it looks like this David and Goliath kind of thing. Um, the U.S. military intelligence summary thought that U- Ukraine would fall in a matter, matter of a couple of days. And so the U.S. government threw back channels you know, talks to Zelensky and, and sees, uh, you know, is asking, do you want to get out? Do you want to ride? Uh, we will provide you a safe passage out of the country. And his reply was, the fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. And I, I heard that. I was like, 
whoa, who said that? Well, I got I to gotta know more about this guy. So I, I started studying and I read uh, a number of books on Ukraine, including one that had a little bit about Zelensky and just trying to get the backstory of what was going on, how we got here. Um, and I read and you, you know, so a half dozen books or something. If you know me, you'd think so. People who, if you don't know me, you think, wow, in a short period of time, that's a lot. If you know me, that's that's not a lot. I'm kind of slacking, but I read hundreds of articles about what was going on about Zelensky. I read every speech, except for like today's, maybe a little bit of yesterday, but every speech to date that he has given, and he's given a lot of speeches because he's encouraging his people and he's and he's keeping them up to date. I've read all of that. I start tuning in going, wait, let's let's find out more about him. So here's his backstory. His grandfather is um, uh, Ukrainian. He fights against uh, the, the Nazis. Uh, he His grandfather is the only one of four brothers to actually survive the Nazis. Um, now, after World War II, I mean, so Ukraine is part of the Soviet sphere at this point. And, uh, and after World War II, uh, you know, it's not that pleasant in Ukraine. And by 1991, the Soviet Union collapses. Zelensky is 13 years old when the Soviet Union breaks up and it becomes independent Ukraine as its own country. And that, that's really kind of providential because he, he knows enough about the Soviet system to not really want to go back there. And but he's not too old where he can't really adjust forward. So he gets his degree in law um, at a you know, I guess state equivalent kind of university. He gets a degree in law. He doesn't practice law. So he becomes a comedian and he starts working for a comedy troupe called Kvartal 95. Uh, that means quarter 95. It's a section of town where he lives. It's it's like saying he's from Brooklyn something or from uh, LA or whatever. Okay. At any rate, so he becomes a comedian. He also becomes kind of a movie star over time. He becomes a TV producer um and like he's he's in entertainment right okay so how does he get to become president so he starts a show called and he stars in it it's called servant of the people now you have to understand that ukraine has been terribly corrupt it was terribly corrupt in the soviet days it was terribly corrupt post-soviet when the oligarchs are are kind of stealing all the wealth and and anybody who's tight with the government officials, the government officials are doing well, the oligarchs are doing well, everybody else is feeling their pain. So in Servant of the People, he's this, he's just this high school history teacher, who he goes on this rant, and you can find this on YouTube, if you look, he goes on this rant, and I'm going to read some of the rant, so that you can get a sense of what he's talking about. And some one of his students is looking at a window with a video can with a, uh, a phone, and he's recording the video, and they post it somewhere. And before he knows it, he's elected president of the Ukraine. And uh, so, so he, here you go. Um, his name is uh, Goldabroko. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he says he's talking to another teacher and he says, then why are we surprised? Why do politicians come to power and make the same mistakes? It's because they're math mathematicians. The only thing that they know is how to divide, add and multiply their own wealth. The other teacher says, well, why are you so mad? He says, because I'm sick and tired of these, and I'm going to edit beep. Um, now they're making kids build cabins. Cabins were um, like voting booths. Uh, you know why we live like dogs? 
because we start to we start our, our choice in those election cabins. Now there's no one to choose. There's no one to choose. We're choosing between two bleeps. It's been like that for 25 years in a row. Nothing will change this time either. Do you know why? It's because my father and me would choose a bleep again. It's only because we say, oh yeah, well, he's a bleep. But on the other hand, he's still better than the other one. They come to power and they steal and they steal and they steal. And these beeps have different names, but they act the same exact way. If I could get there for just a week, I'd show them. I'd do away with their mansions. I'd do away with their bonuses. I'd do away with their summer houses, all of it. I wish every common teacher lived like a president. I wish every president lived like a teacher. Okay, so that was his rant. It gets him elected. And then now he's faced with trying to deal with all the opulence and corruption within government. So people are seeing this on TV. And, you know, he's become a pretty popular figure as a consequence of that. So now the corruption, again, was a real thing. Like Ukraine was and still is pretty corrupt, but Ukraine was really corrupt. Uh, and so these experiences kind of formed uh, Zelensky in the sense of in the minds of the people, like like he's the character. It's kind of uh, as, an, as an analog, what, what The Apprentice did for Donald Trump. It, it gave people... Um, a view of seeing him in a way where he's in this powerful decision-making kind of position, same kind of thing. So now Zelensky eventually runs for president himself. And it's a little strange, but he's running for president. And it's not a joke either. Like some people would have written him off as, as a joke, just kind of like they did with Donald Trump. So he runs for president and he does it. His timing is beautiful. He, he announces on December 31st. Now that doesn't mean much to you or I, but in Ukraine, they have like a, a annual New Year's address by the president. So when President Poroshenko is going to give his New Year's address on the first, he's kind of trumped, no pun intended, he's kind of upstaged by this announcement by the servant of the people that he's running for president. Now, who is Poroshenko? Poroshenko has been there since 2014. Uh, well, maybe 2015. It was just after uh, the Maidan revolution. And Poroshenko has been in one office or another since 1998. He's like, again, it's the best I can um, give you as an example is the 2016 election. You know, Hillary Clinton uh, was seen as, you know, corrupt, crooked Hillary from the left. Now, if you're a Democrat, I know you're not thinking that way. And that's OK. You're a Democrat. You don't have to think that way about your own candidate. But pretty much most people in the middle and on the right thought that she was corrupt. Now, we also thought that she had a beautiful resume. Like she was a uh, um, secretary of state. She was a senator. Like She, she had done some important things. Poroshenko, the incumbent, also had a beautiful resume. He'd been in one office or another since 1998. Um, Poroshenko actually argued during the debates that uh, Zelensky would uh, benefit Russia because he would never stand up to Putin, which egg on his face for saying that at this point, right? I mean, this is quite an amazing stand up to Putin that you, you've seen in Zelensky's actual actions. So the 2019 political field was packed. There is um, a, a number of candidates. There's 39 different candidates, and some of them are clearly aren't going to get anything. But in the field, you had four former ministers. Those are like Secretary of State or Secretary of Treasury or what in our case, they're called ministers in Ukraine for ministers for ecology, defense, state fiscal services, and one for fuel and energy. So four 
ex-cabinet ministers, 18 people's deputies, those are members of parliament, uh, a former prime minister, two former deputy prime ministers, a former speaker of the Ukrainian house, it's called the Verkovana Rada, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's how it's spelled, uh, a former governor, a full, uh, um, many party leaders, uh, a journalist, a businessman, and a professor. Like that's, that's who he's up against. And he's a comedian who was a, an actor on a sitcom, pretending to be the president at any rate so the election happens and he comes in first now he doesn't come in first and win the election because you have to have a certain threshold in the ukrainian system so they they comes down to him and poroshenko and they have a runoff election and he wins with 73 percent of the vote now that is crazy 73 percent of the vote you'd see nothing like that here that would be i mean blowout beyond blowout okay so that is how he how he gets to where he is. Uh, I mean, he had a pretty humble beginning. Nobody would have thought that he was going to become president, but that is what happened. Now, he also, along the way, and this is fascinating, there's a servant of the people party that is created. Once he, he becomes president, they have, you know, they, they, they had the presidential elections different than the um, legislative elections. They don't do it at the same time like we do in the United States. But when the servant of the People Party candidates run, uh, they they there's a blowout. Um, just being on the name of the same ticket of servant of the People Party, they they blow them out. And now they have a platform, and and I can talk about that another time. Perhaps I will have another uh, episode just relating to that. But the servant of the People Party has a blowout where, for the first time in Ukrainian history, one party had control of the parliament without having to have a coalition. In Ukraine, it's it's somewhat like Britain, where they they have to build a coalition of all these different parties. You have you know the Labour Party, and you have the Conservative Party, and you have the, the Socialist Party, and the uh, this party and that party, right? And you have to build enough to have a majority. They had enough just by themselves in their first election, and so there's this blowout in the presidential election. There's a blowout in the legislative elections that followed, and that's where I'm going to stop, um, just for the sake of time, because I want to respect your time. I try Trying to keep this down to about 15 minutes or something like that. So in part two, what I'm going to do is talk about uh, what happens next. So I'm going to start with his inauguration and how he governed and then what happened as, as he went in and, you know, as Putin goes into the country and invades and how he stood up to Putin and that kind of thing. So come back for the second episode right after this, and you'll hear all about that. By the way, before I'm done here, can I ask you to do one thing for me? I hate doing this. I, I generally try not to because I think it's a little, eh. Um, but if you could like or leave a review if you appreciate what I'm what I've done here, because I want people to hear about this guy, I, I think he's a fascinating figure. Uh, he's a fascinating enough figure that I wrote an ebook about him, and that link will be below if you want to read about it. Um, I, I don't mean like a 20 page ebook. I mean like there's 150 some odd pages here. Um, I really studied it. He's fascinating, and I want people to know about him. Okay, see you in the next episode. Thank mm-hmm. you.